And God's Word says, But Christ is faithful as the Son of God over God's house. And we are His house. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. God's Word from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. Just curious among us here today, how many of you have some home improvement projects you just haven't quite gotten around to lately? Anybody out there? Uh, Maybe I'll ask it differently. How many of you have a house that is absolutely immaculately perfect and not in need of any home improvement whatsoever? Anyone? Or anyone daring to be able to say that? That would be impressive. You know, it's amazing to me just how quickly houses need maintenance or need caring or, or renovation kind of work. I, uh, we, of course, it's all relative in perspective. Um, when we moved here seven years ago, we had moved out of a, a 90-year-old house, this just grand old uh, Chicago brick and wood bungalow. It was just, you know, everything. And, but the thing was, is uh, like if you put a marble on the hardwood floors in one corner of the room, it would roll across and like wind around in like, you know, six-foot increments with no rhyme or reason because it just it settled over the years. It had been around for a long time and there was so much maintenance connected to that old house and secrets of things that I just really didn't want to deal with a lot of times. In fact, when we first moved in, for whatever reason, there was this wood wall in the basement and it had several shotgun blasts taken out of it. And I, I just, I really didn't want to know where those came from and why, you know, or what was buried down there. Jimmy Hoffa? I don't know, but... You know, old houses have something to them. I, but I, when we moved here, um, and as we started looking around for a home, and, and we found our home uh, over on Thames Court, and I remember this, uh, uh, finding out this house had been built in 1991, and Shane and I looked at each other, it's brand new! Because <laughs> it was all our perspective of a new house that was less than 30 years old versus more than 90 years old. That's a big difference. And I remember going up in the attic, I'm like, wow, there's like real insulation up here. And, 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 and you can actually still, the wood is like light colored, like new wood. I mean, this is, this is a new house. And, but I've since realized that every house uh, has its issues, doesn't it? Um, I find it ironic on Friday, my day off, I, I was uh, finally getting around to shoveling our, drive, our driveway and our walk, and I, I had gone out the front door, and I came back in the front door, and, and you know, we have the typical front door with the handle and the, uh, the little latch that you hit with your, your thumb, and I, I pulled on that thing, and the whole handle came right off the door. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? And, and now you know what I did for the next hour or so, trying to figure out how to get this thing back together, because it was multiple pieces on the, on the floor. And you know, so it goes with homes. They have a way of falling apart. They have a way of uh, growing into disrepair. And I want to ask you, maybe your home needs some renovating. Because it's one thing to fix a, a doorknob or uh, replace something of that sort or to unscrew a light bulb and put in a new one. It's a whole other thing when, when your, your home and, and rooms are in desperate need of full renovation. Where it's more than paint. And maybe it's about flooring. Maybe it's about repairing damage that has happened over the years. And I'm not really talking anymore about the physical home. I'm talking about your spiritual house. Where your soul lives and dwells. And how damaged those homes can become over time. 
Whether the walls are built up in the resistance and the anger and the grudges that we hold, whether the damage that's caused by words we say and things we throw across the room at people and family or others in our community. Maybe it's the the ridiculous things that we do in secret that build up even deeper and uglier walls and the dirt and the filth that lives there. The critters that move in over time and just aren't dealt with. And the thing is, is we can just say maybe it'll all go away or maybe we can pretend this is what life is for us. But the reality is we know in our heart of hearts this is not what we were made for. We were made for something better than to live in darkness, in filth, and, and being run down in despair. Maybe you're seeing the signs of that in relationships. Maybe you're seeing that in, in, in signs in, in this inability to love or have compassion over people because you're so self-absorbed. It's become your dwelling. You know, today God says, may it not be. Maybe you're in need of renovation and, and maybe you're, you're thinking, oh, you know what, I'll figure this out. I can do this myself. This is a home improvement project after all. It's my life. I know what I need and I know what I want. And, and how's that going for you? <laughs> if you come into our house, uh, seven years ago, I started a crown molding project. You know what? It started really well and it looked really well and it, and it still does, kind of. I mean, I... I, I, I Got that crown molding up there and it's fairly straight and I even caulked behind it and you know what, it came pre-primed so it's kind of white and, and the caulk is kind of white and just never quite got around to going back to painting it or you know and I'm thinking about the other 8 or 10 or 15 or 100 projects that I've started over the years. I, it's just never quite finished but you know you just start to live with it and say well it's kind of, someday I'll get around to that. You know, if you take on your spiritual life and the house that God has given you and you start saying, you know what, what I've damaged, I'm going to make it right, God. I'm going I'm to be a good person. I'm going to do a, a few extra good things to try and cover up the mess that has become my private reality. And just maybe I just won't invite anybody in. I could just sort of build up walls. And, and if I brick over doorways and windows, no one will be able to see in. And, and this could be my new reality. And, and I'll just work it all out. And, and the thing is, is, God knows. There's no hiding. There's no home improvement project when it comes to our spiritual life. The thought that we could get ourselves right before God. How is that going for you? The projects we're going to get around to one day, and the reality is we're not skilled to even do it. But who is? The writer of Hebrews reminds us of our reality. He says, but Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. He's faithful. And we're going to find out he's skilled And we are his house, you and me, his church. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence in the hope in which we glory. So really the answer and the question maybe we need to ask is holding firmly to our confidence. Is that saying being confident of our own ability to fix the house, to bring renovation about, to try and bring change to what we know is in desperate need of repair? No. It's not at all what he's saying. 
He's rather, he's saying it's, it's Christ who is faithful over the house. Our confidence isn't in our own abilities or our own handiness or ability to use tools or our own time. No. Our hope is in Jesus, who is our confidence, and he is the hope in which we glory. If there's ever any doubt about this, I, I love what happens here on this Transfiguration Sunday. you got Jesus asking Peter, James, and John uh, to go up on this mountain, and, and they go up there to pray. And, and you, you see this again and again where Jesus invites his disciples to pray. And it always seems that whenever they're praying, the disciples are sleepy. <laughs> Here's Jesus praying, and it happens that as the disciples in their, their queasy moment of kind of waking up, they, they see Jesus, and there he is, and his, his clothes are shining like lightning, and, and his face is glowing, and, and what that must have looked like to, to behold the glory of God. Because after all, as as Scripture points out, and as we learn theologically, Jesus is fully God. He's fully man. He would have to be in order to be Savior of the world. And and here Jesus is giving us a glimpse and His disciples a glimpse of His divine nature. It's shining through in brightness and brilliance as Jesus is transfigured before them. Peter, in this strange moment of realizing, wow, it's Moses and it's Elijah. And, and you know, I, you always wonder, like, well, how did they know it's Moses and Elijah? I've shared this before. I always thought, well, were they wearing, like, ch- church name tags or something? I mean, how do you know? And, and the answer is they just knew. Um, and it wasn't because of the Sunday school material they had as kids that showed the picture of Moses and Elijah. No, it's just they just knew because they were in the presence of Almighty God. And here's Moses and here's Elijah, which also gives us a glimpse of the reality that there is eternity ahead of us, that that those who are in the Lord have a hope that goes beyond the here and the now. And they see Moses and they see Elijah. They're alive and they're well and they're talking to Jesus. Moses representing, of course, the first five books of the Old Testament, the Torah that we referred to some weeks ago. And, And then you have Elijah representing the rest of the prophets throughout the Old Testament. And all of these words that were pointing ahead to a God who would come and fulfill the promise of the longing of a, an earth that in brokenness and that need of renovation and restoration is waiting for that day. And Jesus being the fulfillment of it all. And then it happens. It's, Peter makes this statement. He's like, hey, you know what? It's, it's good being here, Jesus. How about this? We're going to build some shelters. You know, one for you and Moses and Elijah. He didn't realize what, what a ridiculous idea that was. First of all, Peter's a fisherman. He's not a builder. He's not a contractor. This isn't in his wheelhouse. But even more than that, this is bigger than any kind of building that he could ever imagine. God is building something greater. And that reality of his presence of what he's about to do as he's turning and as he's talking with them about what is about to unfold in Jerusalem as he would lay down his life for the sin of the world and the fulfillment of those prophecies and those promises. Peter's like, hey, it's it's good to be here. Let's let's build some buildings, some some temporary shelters. This would be great, Jesus. We can camp out up on this mountain. And he, he didn't know what he's saying. And then it happens. The cloud moves in. And you know, in our day and age, the cloud is a source of great information sharing, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? 
Some of you use the cloud regularly. Those of you who are into IT or technology, some of you had no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. But I want to suggest to you that that's actually nothing new, that the cloud is a source of information. As the cloud moves in and we hear the voice of Almighty God saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. See, this is, this is better than, than Angie's list. It's better than any on, other online assessment of trying to find a contractor who's qualified. You, you see what I'm saying is you don't have to look for who can take on the renovation and restoration of your spiritual house that's coming to disrepair. The father says, this is my son whom I've chosen. Listen to him. If you've ever watched the show Fixer Upper, kind of intriguing show, and, and kind of it's now in the rerun state, but it, like many of, of the home improvement shows, and we figured out at our house, if we actually put time and energy into our house as much as we love watching these shows, our house would be amazing. You know? <laughs> but to watch, and what makes them intriguing is, uh, as in the case of Fixer Upper, you've got uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, and, and here they are, they're showing couples of, these old, just run-down homes, and, and usually the people say, well, there's no way. They just can't see it. Like, why would, why would I want to live in that? And, and they say, you, you got to envision what's possible here because they're, they're master designers and builders, and, and they know what can happen when they have their way with something that's run down, of the beauty that can emerge from that through a renovation and a restoration. Now, I love what God does in our lives today. It starts with demo day and, and, and as they start to tear things apart and you know what, if you've ever been through a demo day in your spiritual life and maybe it's a, brought on by a relationship that's fallen apart or a sin that's exposed or a brokenness that's revealed or a pain or a suffering, it can be disastrous apparently to us. We think, how are we ever going to get through this and yet God is doing a great thing in it. Chip Gaines always says, I love demo day. Because what it starts and brings about in motion is the beginning of change and transformation as God starts to work an open concept, breaking down the walls that separate us in brokenness and pain and struggle. It starts to clean it all out to bring about a fresh new slate of what is possible. And as the design starts to unfold and as the new flooring and the new wall colors and, and the new construction comes to be, God starts to reveal what's possible. And we say, how could I ever emerge from this? And God says, by my power, by my strength, by my design, I'm doing a, a good thing in your life. Or as John, who was also up on that mountain, would later say, dear, dear friends, we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God is doing a good work in your life. And by the power of his word and power of the sacrament we receive here today, he's building and renovating and restoring according to his design. And as the father says, this is my son. Listen to him. He knows what he's doing. In Jesus' name, amen.